0: Welcome back to the Blue Corner, and today we're breaking down our 2-2 draw with Leicester City at the King Power on Monday. Fresh off the long journey down, and once again joined by Ellis, and we're back together in the studio for once. How you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's good to be back in the studio as well. We've been doing it
1: via teams, which has been great, but it's always good to be back in the main studio. But yeah, it was a very interesting game, an enthralling game. In fact, 2-2, it was intense for us, wasn't it, being in that way? And-
0: yeah, and... <laughs> I think the fans were were massive again on on Monday night and the performance matched it. I thought we were really good.
1: Yeah, I think we were as well. And that started with Dominic Calvert-Living's penalty. It's great to see him score a goal, but it might have been a penalty, but we really warranted that goal, didn't we?
0: I think uh, Dominic Calvert needed that goal and I think the whole team performance up, leading up to that penalty definitely warranted that goal, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it was good to see him on the score sheet and hopefully with four games to go, we can replicate that on Monday night at Brighton.
1: Yeah, he's played three games in a row now, hasn't he? So you're hoping now that he can kind of get a run going and now he's got his goal too that's just so crucial for him. But the the team was brave. It was that kind of committed performance that we've been asking for away from home. It was that extra step towards a good away performance. We've had our solidity. We've been conservative and defensive, but not quite had at the attacking threat. Whereas I feel like we thought, you know what, there's a weakness in this Leicester team, which is what we identified in the preview. And we went and tried and attacked that weakness, didn't we?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think the Leicester game was one of those that you had to come out of your shell and, and get at them because if you'd have sat back and played a typical Sean Dyche performance, I think Leicester had the quality there with James Madison, Uri Tielemans, even Jamie Vardy who looks to be back to his best. So I think they had would have had the the quality to pick us apart and would have beat us on the counter-attack anyway. So yeah, I think we had to go out and, and put in a performance and make sure we were on the front foot. and I think we did that in the first half.
1: Yeah, we were so much better than them in the first half, which is so weird to think because it all suddenly felt a bits, didn't it? From the corner. Kaglassoyunchu got the equaliser and Michael Keane, he didn't know what was behind him. He got attracted to the ball and then suddenly you're thinking, Well, all that hard work has just been diminished by that one goal. Yeah, and
0: I think that that goal in itself was hugely avoidable. I think both goals that half were were definitely avoidable. It's just individual errors again, which are which are costing us and that can be the difference between going down and staying up. So yeah, definitely avoidable. And I was a little bit disappointed to see us concede, especially how much we were on the front foot in that, in that first half.
1: Yeah. The second goal was bad too, wasn't it? Obviously Alex Iwobi, he's he's bright, he's brave. He does try difficult passes, but occasionally it does go wrong. And I do feel for him sometimes because when he makes a mistake, it almost always leads to a goal because he gives it away in transition at the most crucial times, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. And he's one of the players in the team that takes the most risks and, when he does make a mistake, mistake taking those risks, it, it definitely does show because more than likely we would concede from those mistakes. But yeah, it was very characteristic of West Ham last season, wasn't it, with that inside ball, playing it straight across the midfield and the opposition picking it up and within five, ten seconds, it's in the back of our own net. So yeah, it was disappointing to see and it was definitely avoidable, as I said before.
1: Yeah, and you can't give James Madison the chance to slot a ball through to Jamie Vardy like that. We know how good he is at passing and we know what Jamie Vardy's like. He's ruthless. He's only scored one home goal in 11, which happens to be against us, which is definitely not ideal, but we know the threat of Jamie Vardy and we shouldn't have been letting him run through like that. But it happened and we went 2-1 down. And then you're thinking, right, we need a goal before the half because you don't want to go into the second half thinking we've got to get two goals Mm -hmm. to win this, but
0: it nearly got worse very nearly got worse and I think we were we were very fortunate not to go into the break 3-1 down but for a Jordan Pickford wonder save which listen he did his homework for that I know the press have been very there's been a lot of debate in the press hasn't there this week with Jamie O'Hara saying that it's it's gamesmanship and it's it's cheating but fair play to Jordan Pickford he's, he's done his homework there and to have the confidence to stay down the middle and, and save that James Madison penalty a lot of keepers wouldn't have trusted the odds and, and gone to either side Pickford stood his ground stayed down the middle and it, it, it bad fruit for us and it was a huge reason why we ended up getting a point in that game.
1: Yeah that was unbelievable what I was hearing in the week about people criticising Jordan Pickford doing his homework and writing it on a bottle. I think it was um, Jamie O'Hara that was actually saying that he could do his homework but he shouldn't write it on his bottle mm. because the attackers don't get the chance to do that but at the end of the day if you've done your homework fair play to you and it's such a huge risk to go down the middle and just stay there so he's took the risk anyway because who's to say that Madison was going to do it again?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I like Pickford's reaction. And there's a lot of been there's been a lot of debate, hasn't there, with um, amongst Everton fans certainly about how Pickford celebrated saving that penalty, but. As a personal accolade keeping everton in the game keeping the game at 2-1 just before halftime i think he had every right to celebrate going into the half-time break
1: yeah he knew exactly what it meant because we were thinking at the time i know i saw you on my left you had your head in your hands you <laughs> couldn't even watch that penalty could you so we knew that if that goal went in that was the end of us we believed really if we'd have lost that game we'd have been down so going into that half we were buoyed by the fact that they did miss the penalty and in the second half you're thinking we still need a miracle, though, don't we?
0: Yeah, it was it was one of those where even though we were only 2-1 down at the break, you didn't feel like we were going to get anything from the game because it's an Everton away team. It's it's an Everton performance where we've we've been bright for 25, 30 minutes, but the crowd have got on top of us, the, the opposition have got on top of us, and we've actually capitulated. But going into that second half, there was always a little bit of a confidence, wasn't there, that because we played so well in the first half, if we could replicate that, we were going to get back into the game.
1: How many times this season have we had it where we've played really well for the first 30 minutes and then you're killed by a goal and they can't quite replicate that in the second half. But I think for one of the first times away from home this season, we actually come back second half and delivered a similar, not quite the same, but similar performance.
0: Yeah, and it was, it was refreshing to see because, as you said before, a lot of teams, a lot of Everton teams and a lot of Everton performances over the, the last few months, that wants to go 1-0 down or 2-1 down heads drop and it's it's almost game over. It's almost curtains. So I think f- to see that spirit and to see us actually come back into the game was, was really heartwarming to see. And it, it just gives you a little bit of confidence, doesn't it, in yourself. You, if we'd have lost on Monday night, I think me and you would have been sat in this room now saying the odds of stats against us were going down but the performance the 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 will to get the the draw even though we didn't manage to get the win which we we said in the preview was crucial I think the 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 way we managed to get a draw and and fight actually to the final whistle does give me a little bit of optimism going into the next few weeks. Yeah it was an incredible
1: game of football it really was it was one of those games where you felt like it was there to be won and I do have some reservations about that game because of that reason. It reminds me a bit of the Nottingham Forest away game we played earlier this season where we were 2-1 up with 10 minutes to go and we didn't keep hold of it. This time it wasn't a case of throwing the lead away as such, but it was having that opportunity to get the win and I don't feel like we quite pushed enough to get it and I don't think that was the players. I feel like the players, the bravery was totally there, but I just thought Deitch could have perhaps been a bit braver and maybe brought some fresh legs on because there was some serious signs of tiredness. Takore looked tired, James Garner looked tired. It would have been the chance for me to bring Damari Gray on, an injection of pace, and I feel like we had them. I feel like we would have won that game if we'd have brought him on.
0: Yeah, there is definitely arguments argument to suggest that the game was there for the taking. And even in the ground, there was an optimism amongst the Everton fans that we would actually get that third goal and, and manage to get the victory, but... At the same time, I do not envy Daish's situation there because I think bringing on a substitution in that in that environment would have been so volatile, it could have gone horribly wrong if you know we'd brought Damari Gray on and he'd, we'd have lost that defensive stability and lost that defensive edge that, okay, he loses one of his men and, and then Tielemans or James Madison gets a yard and, and then we're 3-2 down. So I don't envy Daish in that situation where he had to make a change and you kept asking me, didn't you, during the game, what would you do here? Would you bring on a sub? Would you bring on Onana? And every time I didn't answer it because I just didn't know. And it was one of those where I very rarely have a have no opinion on substitutions. And to be fair, Monday night was one of those games where I had absolutely no idea who I would bring on.
1: Well, that reflects the difficulty of the decision, doesn't it? So yeah, I agree. We do have to feel for Daish in that circumstance. I think... Perhaps other managers might have taken the risk, but then if we'd have brought Gray on and he didn't quite have the same discipline as Iwobi, for example, and we'd conceded, a lot of people would have been criticising him then. So, yeah. yeah, you are right as you say that, but I do think we needed fresh legs, but he does have a kind of trust in the players that are on the pitch and he wants to not change too much in case that does just screw the plan. It would have been nice to see Gray, though, because I feel like that game was made for him there because it really was so end-to-end. It was when we got the ball... We carried it forward, then we lost it and they attack and their goalkeeper had an absolutely superb game. Uh, Iverson was absolutely fantastic.
0: Well, yeah, it's interesting you talk about Gray as well. He has a point to prove at Leicester, of course, having left them a few years ago. But yeah, Daniel Iverson, one of those games where he will look back on that for for the rest of his career, being one of the best games that he's ever had. Because everything that came at him, he managed to stop it. And (laughs) It's just the Everton look, isn't it, really? It's one of these keepers that hasn't really had a fantastic season, but pulls out the performance of the season for their team that, that arguably could keep Leicester in the division.
1: Oh yeah, it definitely could. And one that perhaps Everson wasn't involved in as such, but we really should have scored was Calvert-Lewin's close-range chance. I was absolutely gutted for the lad because he was superb against Leicester. He really was brilliant. He offers us so much as that focal point. He scored his goal and he was a threat all times. And we are 10 times the team when he's there. But that chance, I think he tried too hard to to shoot it properly, whereas at that point you just gotta think stab it or get any part of your body on it. What did you think of that?
0: I think he overthought it, didn't he? It came at him quite quickly from the from the cross from Dwight McNeil. And I think, yeah, just get anything on it and just try and stab it goalwards, but he tried to be too clever and hit it with the side foot. And yeah, it, it just went horribly wrong. And I feel for the lad because if that goes in, he's he's got his name on the score sheet twice. And that does the wonder for his confidence going into the last four games and we we are going to need him because as you said before, we look like a hugely different team with him in there. And he's that he's that big man up top to hit and he's he's quick. He's got a lot of pace. So as we know, we've not had that that goal threat all season. So to have him in there and have him on the score sheet at least once should have been twice, I think is is positive. But we just need a little bit more from him in front of goal.
1: Yeah, The quality he has is undeniable, though we do not have a striker half as good as him. He's absolutely fantastic, and to keep him fit for the rest of the season really does decide our fate, really. One player who came into the team who we've seen a little bit this season, but not much of who I've been really pleased with, I thought James Garner was really good on the ball, positive, fresh, bright, just something different
0: that we haven't quite had yet. and. I'd be arguing that he deserves to start again against Brighton. He was everywhere, wasn't he? Putting tackles in as well, which we we didn't kind of expect from James Garner. Being this, as I've described him in previous podcasts, this luxury player that can give you a killer pass. He wasn't. He wasn't that on Monday. He was. He was actually the complete opposite, doing the dirty work alongside Adrisa Garner Gay, and just being a bit of a nuisance in the Leicester midfield. That it meant that we we kind of controlled the, the midfield battle, I thought. And I didn't think, for all Leicester's midfield quality with Thielemans Madison, I didn't think they had that much of an edge on our midfield, which, is, which was quite surprising considering how much we raved about them before the, the actual game itself. But yeah, James Garner was good. I was really impressed with James Garner.
1: I think what you say about their midfield, I don't think either midfield had a true grip on the game because that's why it was end-to-end so much, you know the ball was just getting straight through. It was like the team, neither team had midfields, but our midfield played well when they got hold of the ball. I think, of course, it was the kind of game where both teams are going hell for leather, so you don't really get a lot of time in the middle of the pitch because both teams know that they need to win. But yeah, I was really impressed with James Garner, and I thought perhaps now Amadou Anana has to fight for his place a bit more because he's struggled a bit recently. So I think maybe now is the time where there is some serious competition in midfield.
0: I think he was a bit unfortunate, Onana, to, to not feature on Monday, but that is obviously due to his illness, but James Garner would have been relishing at the chance of that. He he would have seen his opportunity come up on the on the team sheet, and he did very well, and I was I was really impressed with his performance, and yeah, as you said, it, it should be a fight now between the end of the season, who keeps that place in the midfield, because James Garner has given me no reason why he should be dropped on, on Monday at Brighton.
1: Yeah, there's another player actually who relished his opportunity, but It came as a result of some really unfortunate Mm. circumstances. So Seamus Coleman, it was a terrible injury. We were so fearful for him in the stands because you didn't quite see what happened. But looking back, it looked really quite bad on his knee. What were you thinking at that time? Because he is the last player. Obviously, no player deserves an injury, but he is the player who is so committed. He does not deserve this, and he's had so many injury troubles in his career.
0: I mean, when you see a player stretched off, you do fear for them, and especially a player like Seamus Coleman, who isn't at the isn't at the start of his career. He's he's coming to the end of it, of that career, and his contract is up at Everton at the end of this season. So you do worry if that was the last time you'd actually seen him in an Everton shirt. But we did see receive some heartwarming news this morning that he's actually received no ACL damage in a statement which he made on the Everton social account. So that is positive. But at the time, I was I was really worried. But as you said, it gave a it gave a an opportunity to another member of the squad uh, in Nathan Patterson, who I thought had a really good game when he came on.
1: Yeah, he was, and Deitch praised him as well. He played really well, and now, for me, he has to stay in that team. A natural right-back player in there, and we know he's he's passionate. We know he's not perfect because he's a young defender, but I'd much rather have someone who is much more used to the position than throwing a centre-back in there. I think at this point, it is a risk, but you've got to do it because he's shown you there in that. I don't know, about 60 minutes that he mm-hmm. played that he can do a job. And I do have to say as well, Seamus Coleman, fair play to him. He's in absolute agony and he's g the fans off and willing us <laughs> on. That just epitomizes the man, doesn't it? He
0: is just Mr. Everton, isn't he? And that's why we've loved him for so many years. And we've kind of done him a bit wrong because we should have had replacements over the years. But he's he's one of those players that is, is going to be an Everton legend, I think.
1: Yeah, if, if not a legend, at least a cult hero mm-hmm. because I wish he'd won a trophy with us because that would really cement that legend status, but he's done so much good work for us over the years, and I think people forget how brilliant he actually was under Martinez, the end of Moyes. He was so good back then, and even now, this season, the way he's delivered performances, he's improved on himself from last season, and he was all right at times last season, but the guy's just surpassing all expectations because you'd never think that a 34-year-old right back could play that much football to such a standard, but he still does.
0: He still does, yeah. As as you said, he's he's one of those players that it could become a cult hero at Everton and just to see him in this squad, we, we look a different squad without him. We look we look worse off without him in the team. So yeah, seeing Seamus Coleman go off injured was one, a worry for his career at Everton, but two, a worry for our chances of actually avoiding relegation because yeah. he's been so good, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, he has. Hopefully we can get him back. I don't know if don't know if we'll be able to get him back this season, but I just wanna see him play again because mm-hmm. I think he might be two appearances away from being one of our most capped premier league players as well so it'd be great to see him break that record yeah but looking ahead now we've not got him and we probably don't have him for the final four games but we've got brighton coming up and we've got manchester city wolves and bournemouth to go how are you feeling now ahead of it we're sat on 29 points it looks like 35 might guarantee it we might need less who knows but how are you feeling ahead of the rest of the season because we did say this was a must win game and we haven't won it but has the performance changed your mindset?
0: Mm, yeah, I would say it has because, as we said in the previous podcast, um, we needed probably 35 points and we needed to win at Leicester because it was this must-win game that, you know, relegation six-pointer, whoever wins is, is probably going to be safe. Neither team won and I think Leeds and Forest would have been looking at that kind of relieved. Um, but the performance that I saw on Monday night at, at the King Power, I think fills me with a lot of optimism because if we play like that against Brighton, if we give a good account of ourselves against Manchester City, anything's possible. And I wouldn't rule out getting a point against Manchester City because as we saw at the Etihad on, on New Year's Eve, we can do it. We have got the ability to do it. Even if they weren't at their best, which they weren't, we still have the ability to get a point there. So I wouldn't write off any of the last four games of getting anything from. So... I do think we'll stay up. Um, I was a little bit sceptical before the Leicester game about how we would play, but I do think we'll stay up. How about you?
1: I think we've got some very difficult fixtures, but I also don't think we should just look at the next two and write them off Mm. and pin, pin everything on the Wolves and Bournemouth games. I think Brighton are at a point in the season now where they still have a bit to play for, but they also have a lot of games in hand. So perhaps they are looking at them games in hand knowing they have so much more football to play than the other clubs that perhaps they might have to rotate they might have to take the foot off the gas in some games so I'm really hoping that they might rotate and not start the likes of Matoma because I'm obviously fearful of them but yeah I think there's a chance for a point in that game there's a chance for a win to be fair if they play like they did against Leicester with a bit more solidity I think there's a chance in that game the Manchester City one on paper a lot of people will write it off straight away but then It's at Goodison and if you catch them on a bad day, you take your opportunity and Man City also have an absolute ton of games left to go. One of the key things for me with that game is that it's sandwiched in between Real Madrid at home and Real Madrid away in the Champions League. So could their focus be elsewhere? I think it could be. And then Wolves and Bournemouth, you're just really hoping they're on the beach, aren't
0: you? Yeah, and I think with Manchester City's win against Arsenal the other day, I think it gives a little bit of room for error. So... In the title race, um, if Manchester City were to lose or draw at Goodison, it wouldn't be too detrimental towards their title chances because they still have another sort of free hit to be able to get a result between now and the end of the season. So I hope that that changes their mindset and and we're able to to capitalise on that. But hopefully Wolves and Bournemouth are, as we say, on the beach and we can just capitalise on that and, and fight for survival. But it's going to be tough. Brighton especially, but it, it has to start on Bright, uh, at Brighton on Monday and we have to replicate the performance against Leicester. Yeah,
1: the nerves really are still there, aren't they? We're obviously fearing for it and... You want the season to be over as soon as possible, really. You want it you want it to be over, but you want us to stay up. I'd happily sit through this pain for another six months. If it meant we'd be safe at the end of it. But, you know, I really need us to get through this, and I'm sure you're feeling the same.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, it's proper stressful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's horrible. But that's all from the Blue Corner today. We'll be back to preview the tough trip to the Amex. I'm not really looking forward to it, but there's a chance. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you later.